fascinating. It's fascinating how we learn Torah Shabbat. We're so used to it. We're so used to it that we stop being fascinated by it. It's interesting. There's, there's, there's a friend of the family who was a public school teacher. My father learned with him for a number of years. He was a public school teacher in Buffalo, in the public school systems of Buffalo. He, um, he won the teacher of the year. He wrote a book about his experiences teaching in a public school in Buffalo. He wrote a book called Skullcaps and Switchblades. Very interesting kid, Dr. Lazarson. Interesting man and very special person. And he, he I believe, did his doctorate. He had bec- it was about Shuva. And I think it was his doctorate he did on Chavrusas, on our Chavrusas system. I believe that he, he, he enacted in the Boston public school system, he made such a system of Chavrusas. And we're so used to Chavrusas, I want to talk about it for a minute. It's fascinating. The very structure of Torah Peh, all of us open a Gemara and we just learn, Baruch Hashem, we almost, I don't want to say effortlessly, it's, it's not easy Gemara, but we learn Gemara. Gemara is written so fascinating. The Gemara could have been written, we, have, we, we see Lahavdil books of wisdom, a history book, a science book, a math book, and it writes, in any book, writes, writes down a lot of facts. If you think about how Gemara works, Gemara works this whole conversation. It says like what we used to think, then what we conclude, is it not? In, yes, question, answer, comment, back. It's written so fascinating for a book of wisdom, such an unusual way of writing a book of wisdom. Any book of wisdom you'd want to write, write the wisdom. There literally is not a safer book, Lahavdil in the world, written like Gemara, not a book. Mishnayis is less shocking. Mishnayis are the facts. Mishnayis, Lahavdil, there's, there's one difference. Theoretically, Mishnah is written more like we're used to Svarim of Chachma being learned, being written. That's why people have an easier time learning Mishnayis than Gemara. Mishnah says the facts. Now, even Mishnah's unusual. I just was talking to Hudi. I was so proud of him. He's so sophisticated. Hudi sat down. He learned the first Mishnah in Sukkah. I was so proud of him. He learns the Mishnah. The Mishnah says a Sukkah taller than 20 is puzzle. Nice fact. <laughs> he then learns the Gemara. He starts learning the Gemara. He says, Tati, this, this is wild. This is wild. The Mishnah says Sukkah taller than 20 is puzzle. And you find out in the Gemara that a sukkah told in 20 is kosher. In a weird case, if your daifin doesn't reach the schach, there's an ukimta that it's puzzle. He said if it's like a pigeon coop, if it's very narrow, Hudi, I'm saying over Hudi, that Hudi chapt, you have a Mishnah says a sukkah told in 20 is puzzle. He said, Tati, this is wild. I read the Gemara, a sukkah could be told in 20. 100%. In a strange case that it's taller than 20, if it's extremely narrow, if my walls don't reach the... Sch- <laughs> so it's like the Mishnah said a sukkah on 20's puzzle. Huh? Now, I collect. His dad collects Mishnayis. Mishnayis hint, even Mishnayis are strange because if you ever learn Gemara, it never turns out like it says in the Mishnah. Anybody would learn Mishnayis as any other wisdom book in the world, a sukkah tall as possible, okay. But you learn our wisdom, it turns out a sukkah to be as tall as you want. You just, and in most cases, it's going to be fine. But the Mishnah said sukkah tall as possible. It means in a certain case. Now, if you, know, if you collect Mishnayis, Tyre is not allowed to be written down. This is not allowed to be written down. You know that? It's a Gemara Gittin Daf Samach, Dvarim Shabal Peh, Iyat Rishai Lukaiswan. They wrote down enough that you and I, what? It's a Gemara that you're not allowed to write this down. Now they wrote down enough, Natanel, that you and I could have a sophisticated conversation and figure out the whole story. 
I like the collecting. I have a collection of Ramazim on Mishnayis, dazzling Ramazim, because they're usually some Remez. If you learn it carefully, you'll see that within the Mishnah gave a clue that this is not so simple. Who do you want to know what's the clue here? I didn't start the first parak yet. I started the third parak. I plan on learning the first parak. When I study it, I'm going to look for it. Because it's strange. Hootie's right. They have a Mishnah that says 12 and 20 is puzzle and it's really kosher. <laughs> There's a case, like a rare case, that it's puzzle. Usually, if you study carefully, you'll find in the Mishnah, Yehuda, I don't know if you've looked, if you're into this, usually in the Mishnayis, when it happens, you could actually see Rabbeinu HaKadosh gave a remez, sophisticated, that it wasn't so simple. Sometimes not. Usually, I find it that in the Mishnah, it's clear that it wasn't so clear. And he, the Gemara figured out the conversation just from the Mishnah, and enough was written that you could figure out the rest. Lemaise Gemara was written in such a bizarre way. Why'd they write it that way? Why? Why is it written this way? It's written so strangely. Even Mishnayis that are written more typically, Mishnayis are not written as a dialogue, but Mishnayis, whenever you learn Gemara, the Mishnah gets turned on its head. We just started learning Sukkah. I'm so thankful that Hudi is like alive enough so many people learn, and he's a lie, and you'll hear why I'm so thankful. To notice that I read a Mishnah, and the Mishnah was like, I dare say, like wrong. Anybody who starts learning the first Mishnah and getting in it, and then it turns, things happen, things change. You read a Mishnah, it's something's different the way this is written. Gemara is blatant, it's so strange way of writing Chachma. The reason so many guys struggle to learn Gemara if we only had Mishnah, many more people would learn easily. Gemara is so like overwhelming for people. What am like? It's if we studied the law, we'd be able to study any law book. Lahavdil, any guy would be able to study a law book. It might be boring, probably be pretty boring. But you'd have the laws. Gemara is written. Nobody would write a law book like this. You have to like find the law to the point that we have a Shulchan Aruch. You can't even like figure out what the conclusions are here. Can you imagine a law book that it's murder to figure out what, what was the law again? So we have a Shulchan Aruch who like based on the Gemara. To- <laughs> so we have a Mishnah that says a law that turns out not to be the law. You have a Gemara that somewhere in this conversation, I'm supposed to figure out the law. Finally, I get to the Shulchan Aruch who tells me the law. <laughs> Should we all just learn straight Shulchan Aruch? The Rambam, people, the Rambam was massively controversial. Do you know that? Massive. Why was he controversial? The Rambam sums up the Gemara because people are just going to learn Rambam. What's, what's so dangerous? Maybe what's so dangerous? So learn Rambam. The Rambam was massively controversial. If you look, I used to show the guys introductions to Svarim. They all write, Bavanisenu people aren't learning the sources, so let me give you the conclusions. What's so bad? Give me the Rambam, like I'll get the conclusion. The Rif. The Rif took the Gemara, and he like, you might learn Gemara and not know what the law is, so he like just took everything out of the Gemara and just said the law. You, nobody just studies Rif, we study Gemara. The danger of the Rambam is somebody to think I could just learn Rambam. <coughs> what? He, didn't, he wrote it so he could learn Gemara and then learn Rambam to figure the conclusion of the Gemara. It's a big Shiloh philosophically. Did the Rambam mean that? That was a raging debate, Chaim, which is why people did bad things to the say for the Rambam, because they were worried people just learn Rambam. What's the big worry? This all highlights, Aryeh, it's in a way sad. We take so much for granted. We sit down and we learn Gemara. This is a strange book. We learn it in a strange way. I'm going to discuss how we learn it. We learn it with a Chavrusa. That's part of what Klaus has been doing for a long time. What a Chavrusa? What is the deal? Like, hang the law, study the law at your leisure, and, and say, oh. Interesting, a guy told me in Yeshiva, one of the Mitsuyanim, one of the Tashitim, told me I like studying myself. I learn myself. I didn't fight with him. You know why he likes learning himself? Because it's very hard to learn the study partner. What am I doing? My study partner makes me go slow, makes me go fast. I just like learning myself. 
He's a little right. Like if I would study for science, I would study myself. I don't want to study. When I when, let's be honest, Chevra, we crammed for the regions. You didn't want to study part. I promise. <laughs> he was a deterrent. I just read the cliff notes, bang, and took the stupid test. So he said, I want to study myself, and I'll study the maximum amount. If I wanted to study the maximum at the facts, I would not want to study partner. What is the chavrusa? What is the whole structure of the way Gemara is written? What's happening? If anybody knows how a chavrusa is supposed to work, it doesn't always go like this, but this is how a chavrusa is supposed to work. Is it official? A mazel tov to Martch and his brother Yitzi is a chassan. Martch's brother Yitzi is a chassan. Excellent, 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 excellent. Fantastic, fantastic, Martch. Excellent. We like linking simchas. Fantastic. Matis, it goes like this, Matis. First, I, I, I want to discuss this, Matis. We're going to get somewhere with this. The way, the way anybody understands how a chavrusa works, Eli, this is how a chavrusa shaft is supposed to work. I don't say, it, it's, it, we think chavrusa is two guys trying to figure out the Gemara. <laughs> That's what guys think. So if I can figure it out myself, why do I need him? God, people think a chavrusa is two people figuring out what it's saying. Like, together, I'll read, you'll read, and then we got it. In a way, yes, but not really. It's not really what's wow. happening. That's, so then you said, I can figure out myself. Why do I want him? So Elamai says, I get it. He doesn't. So a weaker guy, that's the only chavrusa. Yaakov, what's really a chavrusa, shalom. The way a chavrusa is supposed to work. And this is a chavrusa. This is how Torah Shabal Peh is supposed to be studied. This is how our Torah is supposed to be studied. Two people have a sophisticated conversation about the line we read. Say, hey, I think it means like, no, like this. Oh, but, and they have a conversation about the line. That's so strange. I don't, why did the Gemara say that? What does it mean when it says that? It shouldn't it? Two people having a sophisticated line about what it says is how a chavrus is supposed to go. That's how chavrusas work. When two people are able to have a sophisticated, you know, when you're young, you say, I got the Gemara, I got it, I got it. The Gemara is the starting point. Two intelligent people are supposed to analyze what was just said. I ask, you answer, you ask, I answer, I wonder, and together, Rav Chashmaitza, the sugya starts expanding. It specifically works when two different perspectives talk and converse about what the Gemara just said and the sugya starts expanding. Anybody who learns Torah Shabal Peh, it's written, it brings the Havamina, the Maskana, the back and the forth. That's how it's written. That's how it's written. Why does it tell me every Havamina? Sometimes you, you deal with a person, he's almost annoying. He starts, he makes a mistake and he starts explaining to you his mistake. You're like, eh, say, let's move on. Like, like I, I don't need your explanation. What you, I just thought and starts darshaning what the, let, we both got it now. Let, do you mind if we just move on? Like, so what does the Gemara like bring every Havamina? What does it bring every, do you think this? Just, can you just tell me? I remember once, I'll tell you how funny it is. I was once on the way to deliver a shear in New York before Pesach. My favorite eon is on the Yantav of Pesach. I have a lot of raid. And I once went in, raid is the yeshivisha word when you have good shtikluch tires. It's called raid. It's not, raid is not the, the spray that you kill birds. Raid is when you have like all the kashas, the turutsim, the back and forth. And Gemara is called raid. So on Pesachim, I have like some good raid. And I went to a chevra to share some tyrant. To share Torah with them, Gishmak at Torah. And my wife on the way said, Tell me over. So I told her the Agadita, like I was going to say in Yanim Machshava and Gemara. So she said, Tell me the Gemara also. I said, uh, Okay, I'll tell you. I started telling, she got like frustrated. A lot of what she was frustrated, Could you just tell me the conclusion. Ladies don't have a Chi of Talmud Torah. 
I'll just could I have a reason why, but they have no chi of Talmatir. She was like almost annoyed. I have a great shtickle tire in a rush and a cash and a terrace and his you just tell me like tell me what to do. Like but no no no, but I want to discuss the nuance Allah, what I thought, what comes out, what could be, what should be. I wanted to discuss she, she got like frustrated, tell me what to do. Gemara is so built with the Havamina, the Maskana, the back, the fourth. Tell me the Mandamar we pass in at the end. But it's not written, it confuses people to the point that to figure out this, it's, it's a recording of a discussion, and then I'm supposed to discuss the discussion, then you get Rishonim and Achreinim, it's a continuous discussion, and you discuss the discussion, and you. What's it written like this for? What is such an unusual law book? And it's obvious to me that the reason it's written in such a way, the way we have Tarsha Baal Peh, is a Yid is supposed to emotionally attach himself to Chachma. You're supposed to be married to wisdom, emotionally, engaged. Limarat Torah is an emotional attachment to the Torah. Hashem writes a Torah, and that this Torah is supposed to be mamish attached to our kosveim aluach libecha. In the words of Torah itself, it says, "Write them on your heart, engrave them on your essence." You're supposed to emotionally attach to this. That's called Torah Shabal Peh. You know, the parchment for Torah Shabichsav is the Sefer Torah. What's the parchment for Torah Shabal Peh? Is you and I. We're supposed to become part, we're supposed to analyze and discuss and ask until we're like, me and you are It's my brain with your brain emotionally grasping and connecting and attaching ourselves to Torah. That's what's supposed to happen. And it's clearly written to produce that. It's a very hard book. This is a book that you're supposed to emotionally attach to. You literally, you, you take a partner, it's, we study it weird. What other book do you study with partners? You're always better off reading it yourself. You need a chavrusa, because there needs to be dialogue, conversation, opinions. And we like each say our opinions and fight it out and figure it out. And I learn from you and you learn from me. And together, Tarshabal Peh is the yid attaching emotionally, intellectually, his whole body to Tyra. It's hugging the Tyra. Thank you for demonstrating now. That's what Tarshabal Peh is. It's a yid embracing Tyra. And it's written, anybody who thinks about it, it's written in that style, and it's hard to learn Tarshabal Peh. It's not a lecture you could sit passively by. It's not how Tarshabal Peh works. It's this, it's this discussion, my way of seeing it, with your perspective, our perspective, his perspective, and from there emerges Tarsh I was like, I miss a lot. I miss a lot saying Gemara Shiurim. One day I want to go back. I like this year, the Besmesh is like tantalizing for a Seder. Belineda, I will say some Shir Klolis on Sukkah. Belineda, I want to and hold me to it. I want to say some Shiurim on Sukkah. The best Shiurim, Nafti, over the years, and it doesn't happen daily, the best shear, the most magical times when I felt that was Tarsha Balpeh, I would say something, a guy would ask, somebody would fight, a third guy would jump in, I'd explain. We would all like, ah, like the sugya would like, it would happen from a hever, that's the best. Those are the magical days. People learn they want to get into a good fight. Like everybody knows by Seder, they feel. Now some people pretend to fight. It's a danger of the trade of learning Teresh is you can invent a fight, you can create a fight. What they're trying to do is because what Teresh is my perspective with your perspective. So the good fight is like the picture of two guys at Seder duking it out. They're emotionally connecting to this. Taking the Chachmas Hashem and Mamish, Amarti L'Chachmai, Seder Wisdom, Achaisiyat, you're my sister, you're mine. I'm like married to you. 
I love the way guys talk like a love conversation. They write a love letter. The seum of a mesech, does you mamish talk to your mesech? That's like a, it's a love fest. I'm yours, you're mine. We're never leaving each other. Beautiful words at a seum of a mesech. Tarshabalpez, the art of embracing and connecting to Tarshabalpez. That's a Tarsh Balpeh. It's a long conversation. It's a truth of how Tarsh Balpeh works. It's the furthest thing from a boring lecture. You only have Shaykhis Megemara when you're very involved. Gemara and Tarsh Balpeh. Today that it's written down, really Gemara. Do you know when we refer to Gemara, we refer to after the thing that's written down. This is not really Gemara. This allows for Gemara to be learned. Enough was written down to allow you to learn. When we speak about Gemara, we're talking about Koshyais, Vitirutsim, the back and the forth and the thoughts. As such, so Gemara writes, Havamina Maskana, it's written in this electric way. I think ladies don't have Gemara because I think they're built to emotionally connect to Tyra easier. I don't, they, they can connect to what it takes a man. Gemara to connect to Torah Shabbat to Torah. I happen to have a theory. It's, it's a longer discussion. It's not what I want to talk about today. Why ladies don't have this means of connection that a man has. I suspect they don't need it. That it's what a man needs, not an Isha. That's my suspicion. Not for now. Well, this introduction, it's funny that, that I, you'll see what I want to talk about it has nothing to do with Torah Shabbat Peh. Though, but I wanted to go there. We're driving. You know, I like driving to New York on the Merit. The Merit's a scenic, beautiful route. And I like it. I see animals along the way. There, there might be a quicker way to drive to New York than the Merit, but it's not as pretty. So sometimes in Musavad, on the way to get to where I want to get, we'll drive the Merit to see beautiful things. I wanted to talk about Tarsha Valpeh because you learn a lot in Tarsha Valpeh about dialogue about conversation. You learn a lot, because all of Tarsh is written as a conversation. And you learn a lot about what I first, Hava Minas and Maskanas. First thought, second thought. There's something called, did anybody ever hear of the expression Muskal Rishain? Your first thought on the matter. It's called Muskal Rishain. Your first thought on the matter. All of Tarsh has the first thought that's called the Havamina, what we first thought, and then it gets refined and becomes a maskana. It's very fascinating. Do you know your first thought very much matters? Do you know, when I think about any topic, when I think something in yeshiva, a decision in my personal life, I always take stock of the first thing I thought. It doesn't mean to go after your first thought, but your first thought, I asked somebody, what was your first thought on this matter? What was your, it doesn't mean you follow your first thought, but it's important to remember your first thought. Your first thought is often a guy. We don't need guy, it's all here. The first thought is often the most pure thought on a matter. You get yourself confused. It's called your musculation. Your initial, now it doesn't mean it's true, but it matters that you, that was your first thought. If you think about any topic in your life, anybody's a thinker. After this year, you can go up to Morty Weinberg, you can go up to Chaim Guri, go up to any thinker. They naturally, when they think about something, care about their first thought on the matter. It just matters, my first thought. Even though it doesn't mean I'm going to follow my first thought, but that's an intuition. The first thought that's a gut is important. Anybody who studied Gemara knows this. Because the Gemara has a Hava Mina for a reason. Now the Hava Mina changes, what the first thought changes, but you should know, you'll find in Paiskin many, many halachas that come from the Hava Mina. Because you only change what the Gemara explicitly changed. When I went to the mirror and I learned by a certain Rebbe, I couldn't believe how much he studied the Havamina, the f- initial thought of the Gemara. I was like, but, that, but we don't go with that. But if you study it well, you'll see much of the Havamina stays lahalacha. Because we only switch what the Gemara explicitly switches, but much stays like the Havamina. The first thought is very important. A guy wrote a book called Blink, I think the name of the book, and wrote about the first thought on a matter. 
you don't, we don't need to go to Chochmas Agayim. We're Zoichet Eftayra. Anybody who studies the Sugya knows the Havamin is important, the first thought. Now you learn a lot about dialogue, how dialogue works, first thought, second thought, how conversation. Anybody, by the way, who tries to have a successful Chavrusashaft, it's an art. A, se- a successful study partner is an art. Look around the Beis first Seder, the amount of growth you can have to learn to respect his opinion, but argue on him. It's interesting. If you learn with somebody who just defer always, that's not a good chavrusa chef. It's not a good study partner. It's a tremendous art. You should get busy with it. Learn to have a chavrusa. Learn to work it out, by the way. I promise it will help you in all your life. It will help you with marriage. It will help you raising children. It will help you in your job. A chavrusa is a fascinating. Morty, the, the amount of politics that happen to chavrusas is fascinating. You get very insulted. You both want to prove you're smart. And a lot of things go on, and it's important to work through. Chavrusas are huge. Like, you could write a book on a chavrusa, the amount of psychology and back and forth, and you learn to have healthy dialogue, two people. Sit down, you say shalom aleichem to your partner, and you get to work. It's a fascinating thing. I'm watching around the Beis A lot of guys have chavrusas. I'm very excited. I'm excited for that point in your life that you have a study partner. And then learn how to do it healthily. Learn how to do it kishmak. Get better at it. Back, forth, question, answer. He says, I say. You'll think different things and don't be afraid to say. It's a, I think a little different. He thinks this. And then you talk about it. You figure out. Get the truth. Come to the truth. Working back and forth. It's a very, very cool process. All of this, Rabbi say, is a discussion should be dis- it should be thought about. The reason Teresh Rabal Pet, obvious to me, is written like this, is because we're supposed to emotionally and intellectually bond with Torah. It's supposed to become part of our kishkas. And the way that is, is with discussion, with conversation, our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own impressions, my partner's impressions, and I work it out and I bond with Teresh Peh. And that's how this Chachma is different than all other wisdoms. Other wisdoms, you study it and know it, Torah, you're supposed to be one with it. You're supposed to bond with Torah. You're supposed to make an emotional attachment to Torah. And it's written and studied as such. Tyra is studied in, in such a unique, there's no other Chachm that I ever heard of that studied this way, such a unique way. It's interesting to me that this Yid made Chavrusas in Chachm Sagayim, he probably, there is wisdom that they want to like, I would say like certain type of wisdom that you want people, ethics, I would make Chavrusas by the Goyim. I would make study groups that talk about it, that, that handle it to try to, I'll tell you something interesting. When I was in Yeshiv Harakum, by my Rebbe, there was a group of guys that were struggling with davening. He did an unbelievable thing. He made groups, and they sat down to discuss it. And he, he, he made the groups, and they got together as groups to discuss. I tried this. No, I tried. And they would have a back and forth discussing schedule, discipline. It was so intelligent. He wasn't like punishing guys. It's the opposite of the school system. The school system rams down your throat information. That's the secular school. Get it, get tested on it, and who cares if you forget it a day later? Tyre, the Grud didn't want his wife when he was going to Israel to force his kids to learn. Tyre is not information you can ram down somebody's throat. Tyre, we want guys to marry Tyre, to emotionally bond and care. And, and internalize it so it has to be learned in a very delicate and unique way. That's how Torah studied. My Rebbe wanted the guys to come to davenings, made them have little chaburas where they had discussions what, what helps, what these study groups to abandon and emotionally connect with. So that's Torah Shabalta. Along the way, along the way, Ari, of studying Torah Shabalta, we learn a lot about conversations, Ari. Tons about the study of Torah becomes the study of conversations. One of the things that you will learn, Ari, along the ways is a havamina and maskana. Havamina is what we initially thought. It's the muscle reaching your first thought, MJ. And the maskana is the conclusion. 
is not supposed to be mikatzel akatzel to extremes. It would be very weird to have a havamina one way and the maskana is the exact opposite. That's called mikatzel akatzel. That's not supposed to be. If you know how to learn tar, by the way, when you find a machlaikis, any machlaikis in shas, the job of the learner is to make the machlaikis as less extreme as possible. It's an intellectual logic that two wise people should not be seeing in opposite ways, and you'll see that as you're learning, you'll see they're less different than you think. And the difference is only on a subtlety. We do not love when two people argue me cuts ella cuts to such extremes. Why would you look at the same thing and you see this and you see such an opposite thing? That's strange. Usually when you study, the machlaikis is less extreme than you think. In a hava mina maskana, you don't want it me cuts ella cuts extreme to extreme. You would not have a hava mina. Waterbury is a tiny school. The maskana is a huge school. Why would that happen? That's a strange... Why did you think this? And then you switch to that. Whenever you study Torah, you'll see what I'm talking about. That Hava Minas Tamaskana should not be what's called Mikatsel Akatsa, from one extreme to another. That's intellectually strange why you would first think this and then you think the opposite. So I have the following Kasha on the Torah. Before... I have an answer. I want you to appreciate the question. Please don't accept my answer. I want you to hear this question. I really should do a mic drop. I should close the safer and not tell you my answer. If you didn't follow a word I said till now in Musavad, please listen to this question. Yehud, I want you to bring to Florida an intellectual question. I care more that you hear this question than my answer. In Parshas Nitzavim, Parshas Nitzavim, which is this coming week's Parsha. This coming week's Parsha is Nitzavim, Baruch Hashem. And the Parsha is Nitzavim. That's this coming week's Parsha. It happens to be that we read Parsha Nitzavim before Rosh Hashanah every year. Parsha Nitzavim comes before Rosh Hashanah. And this year, like every year, right before Rosh Hashanah is going to be Monday night, Tuesday, I believe, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, starting Monday night. And we're going to read Parshish Nitzav in this coming Shabbos. We will not be together for the Shabbos, unfortunately. But listen to what it says in Parshish Nitzav. It's talking about Shuvah. Listen, Eli. It says, Ki mitzvah zois. This mitzvah will go like the Rishonim. It's going on Shuvah. The mitzvah of Shuvah, Sharnoichi mitzav chahayoyim, that I'm commanding you today to do Shuvah before the Aserisi made Shuvah. This is the Parshish we read. So the mitzvah of Shuvah, Matis, it's not distant from you. It's not very far away. It is not in heaven's lamer that you should say, Who's going to go to the heavens? And get it for us. And I'll hear it and keep it. It's not across the sea that we should say, Who's going to go that far to get it for us? Rather, Tshuva is very close to us. Bensi, intellectually, these psukim are mind-boggling. Let's learn it like with what we know about Tarish Peh. There's a Hava Amina, Tshuva is impossible. You know, everybody's looking forward, right? I'm facing out a window. There's a window right behind JD and Mardcha. And right behind Gavala is a window. Now, could you imagine? I look out of the window and I go, oh my goodness, is that a midget? You'd all be looking at me and I look outside, you wouldn't look outside. Is that a midget? Oh my gosh, a midget. I, I'd see, I found a midget. Okay. I said, no, 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 I'm sorry, it's a giant. It's a giant, it's a giant. Whoa, he's six, he's seven foot eight. It's a giant. He'd say, Kalish, are you, are you okay? You first thought you saw a midget, and then you said, no, he's a giant? You, what did you see at first? What, you're, you're acting weird, Kalish. You looked at the same piece of information. I could say, is that a giant? No, he's not a giant. He's seven feet. He's not a giant. I thought he was... My, like, you can limit it a little bit. Is that a midget? No, he's a short guy. No, he's five feet. No. 
You wouldn't think I'm weird. I thought I saw a midget. He's five feet. He can't call that a midget. To look at the same thing and say, is that a midget? Oh, he's a giant. So are you okay? Why would you switch extremes like that? What did you see? Listen to what the Torah says. Tshuva. Tshuva is not impossible. You might think tshuva is impossible. We'll never get there. It's just otherworldly and none of us could ever get there. Nah, it's easy. That's weird. Intellectually, that's, that's a weird thing. <coughs> if it's so easy, so why would I think it's impossible? You could say it's not hard, it's easy. Somebody would say it might even be like a little effort. Nah, it's nothing. You don't go from extremes. Mikatsa lakatsa is weird. What would happen that you'd look at the same thing and you'd say, it's not like tshuva is not like, it's not undoable. You could do it. It's very hard. But it's doable. That would be fine. To say tshuva is not impossible is just hard. I wouldn't have any I wouldn't ask. I'm not a guy who looks for questions. If it would say that, I'm beautiful. Tshuva is not impossible. It's just hard. Chill out. It's hard. It's not impossible. But for a Pasuk to say, Tshuva is not impossible, it's easy. That's a weird way to talk. <laughs> you, you, if, if you say this, you say it's not even a little hard. Tshuva is not a little hard, it's mamish easy. You might say it's a little hard, you have to invest. It's not a, to go to extremes is a weird way of talking. Nobody talks like that. No intelligent person. Why would I... If I what, when I first, the first thought, clearly the Torah is addressing somebody who would look at Shuva and say, I can never do it. It's impossible. That's clearly such a thought. So God says, I know you're going to look at this and say it's completely unattainable, undoable, impossible. But I want you to know it's not, it's easy. <laughs> what is this that we look at something that you have to like analyze. To some people, this might look like a giant. I want you to know that guy's not a giant, he's a midget. What are you looking at that the first thought would be a giant and I have to tell you he's a midget? What's going on here? This is weird. What is this in Shuva that when I look at it, I would say it's impossible and upon further analyzation, it's simple, it's nothing. But that's what we're told about Shuva. I really shouldn't give you an answer because I want you to think about tshuva. We're right before the Aserus Yimei Tshuva. It is what? <laughs> I should pull a flipper. Yeah, I should. I really should. I should just leave now to the wedding. I want every guy here to think about this. It's fascinating that tshuva, upon first glance, we would say tshuva is impossible. You, you, it's, come on. It's impossible. And upon further analyzation, it's easy. And that's what the Torah is saying. Does anybody intellectually, I'm not trying to force a question. I want in an honest way, not an answer. I want to know if the guys are masking to the question. Does anybody here not agree, not an answer. Do you agree? Zach, intellectually, do you agree with my question? Yeah, but I think there's a difference Really? I'd like to hear. Let's hear from Zach. I think it's bizarre that Hashem tells about Shufa, there's some thought it's impossible, and God said, no, no, it's easy. <laughs> I would like to analyze it. What, what would you look at that you'd say it's impossible? Have you ever seen somebody grow, change? I think it's possible. What does a God look at something that you'd all see, say it's impossible, and God wants to conclude to you, no, I want you to know it's easy. I want to hear, Zach, what do you say? Why is that, like, what? Not an answer to the question. I want to know if you agree with the question. It's like peculiar. I think, Arya, I think there's a lot here. That tshuva, the havamina, there's such a thought. Almost the initial thought of the matter is impossible. And then the conclusion is it's easy. What happened there? What, what you're looking at that's, that looks impossible, that there's actually a good havamina. There's a thought, a viable thought. It's enough of a thought that Hashem had to address this thought. I know you're going to look at this and say it's impossible. I want you to know it's easy. What just happened? I think it's so important. By the way, I want to emotionally attach myself to Torah. 
I want to know what Hashem saying to Daniel Kelish. Hashem said to me something. He said, Dan, I know to you this is going to look impossible. I want you to know it's easy. What's it? What did I look at that on first examination is impossible and upon further analyzation is easy? What? What do you hold left? What do you think? What do you think the answer is? Don't remember mine. I don't want to remember mine. I'm only not saying it because I don't want to say last year's answer. Then it wouldn't be Teresh Balpeh. I want to say now's answer. What do you hold, Chevron? What do you hold? Aaron, we'll get sure we get in the Aaron. What do you hold? What do you hold here? It's not impossible. It's easy. Huh. <laughs> Bizarre. What would you look at? I want to say what Shui said. I want to tell you a story of a friend. I'm very afraid to tell you the story. But I thought about it and I decided to tell you the story. Shui, I didn't say over the story for years. Years. And I had a reason and I thought about it and I'm saying over the story. I'm very, very afraid because I never, never want to condone Hillel Shabbos. Being Michal Shabbos is serious. It's from the most serious things in Yiddishkeit. I'm going to say over a story that I, I know also it's being taped. I can turn off the tape now. And a lot of people are going to listen. I'm saying over the story very thought out. I think I have to say it. I want you to hear the shui. This is delicate and sensitive. Because as a Torah, we're shaykh to keep the Torah, as it says here. As it says, mamish, in this Pasuk. And I'm going to tell you, for many, many years, I did not say this, so for years and years, and this year, Tavshin Payal, because I'm not saying yesterday's answer, Nafti. This year, I'm going to say over. And I want to tell you something. Please listen well. I have a friend. I love Shabbos. I love Shabbos. And emotionally, intellectually, Shabbos is Dazzling. Shabbos is there. The whole essence of Shabbos. What a year does on Shabbos. What, ask my kids, Friday night meal, we, we talk, we argue, we play, we enjoy. There's something magical. A, a family sits down to a Shabbos suda. Um, normal people, who even the kids fight at the table and argue. There's something stunning. A family makes kiddush together, Shabbos. You're, you're heroes. I want my dream, when I think about the guys here, I want you to have a beautiful gathering by Kiddush. You just, you and your wife get along, your kids all like each other, they fight. Don't stop them, they fight during the Suda. Not to ruin the Suda, that makes the Suda. Little kids fight, geschmack. But your family's gathered around the Shabbos table. There's love, there's good feelings, the whole mishpacha. And you make Kiddush, you pronounce Hashem as the creator of the world. Then you eat delicious food, sing together as a family. I'm, I can't sing to save my life. We sing off tune, on to next level. Sing with your family, together with your kids. Your kids hop in and sing loudly. The family jokes and sings and talks. The kids run away from the table. Let your kids run. They'll be drawn back. But they come back for dessert. Wonderful. Good food. Geschmack. Beautiful experience, Shabbos. I have a friend who doesn't like Shabbos. It's hard for me to say that he doesn't like Shabbos. Now, the simple story, and I've never told you the full story. I've never said this publicly. This is years and years in the making. I want to share it today. We're getting close to Ashana. Arya is in Yeshiva. I want to share this. My friend does not like Shabbos. And why doesn't he like Shabbos? Step one, but it's not the full story. Step one 
is in his home, there was tremendous, tremendous fights on Shabbos, more than during the week. That's step one. There were fights on Shabbos Kodesh. Horrible fights and, and aggression and beatings. Rahman al it was a very, very difficult situation on Shabbos. A home of stress and dysfunction is most dysfunctional on Shabbos. They're deep secrets why it's so. The practical thing is everybody's home. They're much deeper things, but on the day you're supposed to announce Hashem, the person who's about caste, a caste is a rebellion against God, there's the most rebellion on Shabbos. And the father was always be cast on Shabbos, beat up the Hashem Yerachim, Hashem Yerachim. So step one, he doesn't have very good feelings. From young age, he was one year old. You're supposed to develop Shabbos is like beauty. Families, husbands and wife are the most close in Shabbos. You get into an argument during the week, not on Shabbos. Shabbos, you're the most close. But a home of dysfunction, Shabbos is the most dysfunctional. So his feelings to Shabbos, one, two, three, four, fights, abuse, Rahman al-Tzlan. But then it gets worse. Because on Shabbos, he learned to fly. On Shabbos, he had to disassociate. And he did it maybe with a cell phone, maybe with vape. His most addictive behaviors were on Shabbos. The most tension, the most time, he had to disassociate from Shabbos. And he developed flight behaviors that functioned the most on Shabbos. Shabbos reality is the hardest. And he has addiction to a phone, to a vape. Now... He, he, then as he's at some point's life he might not have cared then all of a sudden he's getting to an age he got even a little inspired and he starts caring about Shabbos now he feels like a chayera like an animal because now he's a mechalal Shabbos now I am not condoning that a guy is not let to be mechalal Shabbos but you know the guilt the pain the tsar of he's an addict and he has a behavior that he might be an Aynas on. I'm not coming to Paskin Aynas or not. He might be an Aynas. This friend of mine, I'm telling you, he was an Aynas. Aynas, Aynas, Aynas. Now he's Pashat, he's horrible. He's, he's Michal Shabbos. Now he has a day he kills himself. He kills himself. Is it, I ask you a question, you know, he would give, if he could press a button and just keep Shabbos, not do anything. I promise my friend that he loves Shabbos. I say he hates Shabbos. He loves Hashem. He, and he kills him. Part of his hatred of Shabbos is Shabbos makes the deepest conundrum in his life. Because he wants to observe it. You're terror, you're high of Misa if you don't observe it. It's the most chamuras in the Torah. Shmir is Shabbos, a basic of Yiddishkeit. And he can't, sir, and he can't keep it. And the battle, he beats the stuffings out of himself. Could he press a button? If you tell him, you can keep Shabbos. You can keep Shabbos. Rabbi would yell, Shabbos, Shabbos. Give me your, he could give his phone, he could lock up his, I don't know what he could do. Maybe if he was locked up like this, for the whole, from the beginning, it's just the end. Maybe, I don't know if there's such a thing, you're allowed to lock somebody up. It could be on Shabbos, that sud. I don't know, good Shabbos. <laughs> This guy, this guy is probably an Inus. My friend's an Inus. I'm just telling you a fact. Now, his hate, and now he despises Shabbos because Shabbos beats the daylights. The day itself creates the tension, an impossible battle. So to my friend, you know what Hashem says? You want to be a Shem Shabbos. It's impossible. It's impossible. And you know what? You're looking at Shmir Shabbos, Tshuva. To be loyal to Hashem. This, my friend, it's impossible to be Shem Shabbos. Who can go to heaven? It's not possible. I'm stuck. It's across the ocean. I'm stuck. Says Hashem, it's close to you. But it's not. The answer to my friend is what he's in Aynas on, he's in Aynas. You're striving for that. You're headed there and you want that. But what you're in Aynas, you're in Aynas. But my friend likes Zemiris. He loves singing. I'm telling you a true story. He loves Zemiris. During Zemiris, during the Sudas, wait for Zemiris, during the Sudas Shabbos, he stopped being Michal Shabbos, my friend. During the Zemiris Shabbos, during the Sudas, it comes out Friday, he likes Zemiris. 
So Friday night, Suda, he's capable. It's not an onus. It's very hard for him. He has anxiety even during the Suda. He wants to use the facility and the bathroom. He has to, he, Shabbos and flight behavior is like, but he can hold out. He does love Zmiris. So Friday night, he sings curry, but the Zmiris can hold him. Zmiris are magical to him. He has something in Shabbos he can connect to. So Friday night, Suda is, just do Zmiris. Wait for Zmiris. Mama, she can get into it. Baruch Hashem, they didn't sing Zmiris in his abuse, in his dysfunctional home. He has no bad association with Zmiris. So the Zmiris remained untainted. Sing Zmiris. Zmiris, sing, sing. Sing, I don't care what your voice is. Just sing Zmiris, Hashem. Sings, and he sings Miris, and he connects to Miris. Friday night, Suda, he does Miris, he can hold on with Miris. Shabbos day, he holds on with Miris. And he holds on with Miris, Shabbos day, and Shal Shudas, he could do that. Now, in his whole life, he beat the stuffings out. If you beat the brains out of yourself and you think, what's that step? But I'm, but I'm not doing Shabbos. Then you're right. What you thought, it's impossible. But understand, that step matters a lot. That step matters a lot. You're capable during Zmiris of not being Michal Shabbos. Do that step. You're about Shuvah. Now, nobody's saying you're allowed to be Michal Shabbos. And the goal is that which you thought was impossible. It's Pasha, this guy, who works on himself hard and is Shemir during the Sudas. He's a Shemir Shabbos, Lumahajan. He's a Shemir Shabbos. And it's Pasha, such a guy. Anybody who knows Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, there's a story in the town of Memel. The town of Memel was a city of Yidin that were Mechalei Shabbos. It was a port city, and the port was open on Shabbos Kodesh. And people were doing Chilol Shabbos, Hashem Yerachim, it was owned by Yidin. And many people came to stop the Chilol Shabbos, Aryeh. People came screaming and yelling and throwing stones, and people came hugging and kissing and giving, uh, giving hugs and kisses. And the port city remained open, Netanel and Shabbos Kodesh, nothing worked. Not the stones, not the hugs, not the hugs, not the stones, and anything in between. Came Rabbi Yisrael Salanter Hudi, and he watched the port. For, he came there, it was very, very awkward. The Gadol Adar of Yisrael Salanter, JD, he parked, and he watched the port city open. He watched it open one Tuesday. He watched them run, the whole business, the Geshefk, the, the, the Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, the Gadol Adar, had a chair, and he's watching people like... Uh, like, what's he doing here? He watched the whole business. After he watched, he asked the Jewish merchants, can I meet with you? And he said like this. He said, this is open Shabbos. I'm not condoning, but I'm not here to speak to you about it. To be very careful. You can't say you're allowed to be Michal Shabbos. You're not. God says no, you can't say yes. But he said, I want to speak to you about something. You guys, I noticed that their main business was on Shabbos, the poor city of Memo. He said that the way you guys run your business, and he explained to them how they shouldn't write on Shabbos. And it was better for their business. He like figured out systems that they could do all the writing before, and it would be better for their business. He was a genius, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. I don't know all the ins. I wish I knew more of the story. It's in the book, Tanua Samusr. This story is a true story. By Rabbi Zevin, Tanua Samusr. Rabbi Yisrael figured out their business and he said, Chevra, you're better off writing on, on Fridays. It would like you make more money. But he, details, he showed them how they lose from writing on Shabbos. It's like, of course, we'll write Arab Shabbos. Rabbi, thank you. He made their business better. And the poor city of Memel, they stopped writing on Shabbos. He showed them they were better off. I don't know what they were writing. He knew the business. And the Geshefk literally, in a, in a sophisticated way, if they would take the orders before Shabbos, whatever they did, their business ran better. So obviously we're like, wow, Rabbi, thank you. You like helped our business. And they stopped writing on Shabbos. Eight months later, the port city of Memel was closed on Shabbos. Eight months later. Shut down Shabbos. We don't operate on Shabbos. 
eight months later, for all the right reasons, the port city was closed. They were Bali Chuva. What they could do, they did. Even the fact that your game doesn't. This guy likes mirrors, it's a, that's a good reason. Eight months later, Zach, for every right reason, the port city was closed on Shabbos. Brilliant of Reb Yisrael. Brilliant of Reb Yisrael Salante. You know why? Because you're about Shuva. You're about Shuva. If you don't write on Shabbos, you're about Shuva. What do you mean? You're about Shuva. You're talking about Shuva. No, no trick. It's not a trick. You're about Shuva. They weren't aware that they were doing They were doing it for the right reasons. Why are you writing it? Shabbos, Kodesh, or better for you not to write. You don't have a type. Not only don't you have a type, it's better for you. This guy, not only does he have a type, you like Zmiris. Let's sing Zmiris. Not be Michal Shabbos. What are you doing? We're capable of getting ours. That one I could wrap my mind around. I could get that. They stopped writing on Shabbos. It was better for them. It's better for you not to write. What are you doing? They stopped writing. They were Balei Tshuva. Eight months. You know the Siat of the Shmaya of Bal Tshuva? Says, says Shui. Shui, I, I'm proud of you, Shui. Very proud of you. That, that's, that's a million dollar vert. I asked me, I have to give you, it's weird for a good vert, give you money. That times I feel an ava to a bach, I have to express it, I have to do something. Could you pass this to him? Thank you. Good show. Good show. Excellent, 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 excellent. Says Shui, that's what he says. Says Shui Pshat, that what you look at Shuva, it's impossible. And what I want to do is impossible. So rather, Kikarov is a chedush that this step you make, you're about Shuva. You're about Shuva, this step I made, but real, but real, not a trick. You're about Shuva. This step you did, you're about Shuva. Now the goal is the whole deal. The goal is the whole thing. But you're about Shuva because you did what you can. You're about Shuva, Bamas. So all of a sudden you understand that what you look at is impossible, Shmira Shabbos. This guy, my friend, cannot be Shemi Shabbos today. This guy, where he was, it's not his Bechira. But he could during the Sudas. During the Sudas. Why did I hesitate to say this for so many years? The example, not the vert. And I decided this year to say it. I'm afraid nobody should say, I can't. People can rationalize, it's dangerous, it's dangerous. I have anxieties, I can't. Dangerous. I felt I have to say it. I have reasons I felt publicly to say it. And I said it. Are you saying that if everything that seems Yes, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, yes. Find in that impossibility what's possible. And by the way, they're getting upset, Zach and I, and I like it. Find not just what's possible, find what like, what mamish, that I mamish, that I, that I mamish can do, like geschmack. Find within that impossibility what you can do geschmack. Because that's possible, that's mamish. From there, you're about Shuvah. Just know it. Know you're about Shuvah. Know it. You're about Shuvah. If you know you're about Shuvah, half of this is knowing you're about Shuvah. You have to know also. If that guy wouldn't know he's about Shuvah, he would still be being Michal Shabbos. But he learned this. He learned he's about Shuvah. He would say, Mamish had the Semch of about Shuvah also. The power, the Kayach, the Mishmak of about Shuvah. He's about Shuvah. Because he found that it's about Shuvah. Trust me, the port city will be closed. Trust me. Hang in there. <laughs> You hear Yehuda? Could that be Pshat Nafti? Maybe that's Pshat. I told the big person, I asked him to tell the big person, and he said it's not Pshat. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm not trying to force something. I don't know. I don't know. I told, the, I had somebody tell the big yet I trust. He said it's not. So why am I saying it over? It's a truth anyway. I think it is Pshat. But, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm fascinated. Tshuva is impossible. No, it's easy. It what? It yeah, it has. It, it works. Mendy, you hold it. I told Mendy, Mendy's not throwing anything at Mendy, what are you holding this shot? Interesting, right? I, I, I'm not, you know, if it's wrong, I, I'm not, I don't want to force something. I think it might be shot, Momo. What do you hold, Momo? Momo agrees. I'm empowered. Arya, what do you hold? Does have it, huh? I think it's true, Gav. We all have areas. We're shooting for a lot in Shufa. We're shooting for a lot. We're shooting for a lot in Shufa. 
But in that, a lot is what we're shooting for is impossible. But if we could find something impossible there, then it's close, then it's easy. And the chiddush is that that's tshuva, that's tshuva. You, you've grabbed something, that's a tshuva. It's a tshuva even in the context of the big thing, because you've grabbed something small and you've connected something. That's tshuva, that derech, that path, that, that step you took, it is something. To this guy, to my friend, by the way, his whole struggle was to believe it's something. If he beats himself up, then he, then he doesn't have anything. Then he has no, no start to his process. Then Vaita Shabbos is the day that beats the daylights out of him. You'll meet people like this. You'll meet people like this that are stuck in various things because what they need to be at is impossible. And they're not much of what they can do in that ball of impossibility. So then, so then you're stuck. But if you could understand that what you, what you grab onto in there, in that big thing that you want, that, that's a step and that counts and you're a Baal It's easy, I promise you're a Baal Very invigorating to be a Baal Shuvah. Is it also saying that Yes, yeah. I think in many areas in our life, the things that are impossible, we should look for that thing. And it is that something that I can grab and hold on and, and it counts. The tendency will be to dismiss that little thing. But if we cannot, then, then we've grabbed something in that. Yeah, yeah. Shui, very good. Who do you're impressed? Wow, wow, wow. Let's sing Ki Karev, and then I want to tell you, I want to close with something. Let's sing Ki Karev. We went very over time, I'm sorry. Chaimel, let's sing Ki Karev. Ki Karev.